Hey y'all, it's Crystal. And it's Samantha. And this is Serial Holic Sisters. True crime shit. Hey, hey. Hey. So, um, yeah. Welcome to the moody <laughs> episode. <laughs> we're in moods, but it's we are fine. in. We're in mood. It's it's good. It's fine. It's cool. <laughs> it's gonna be a fun time for everyone. It will. So, <laughs> first of all, uh, we are recording on release day today. It's early. Try. And by early, I mean it's early for Samantha, not for Crystal. <laughs> I was like, it's not early, but okay. It is almost lunchtime. <laughs> it, it's, it's just about 11 o'clock. So, it's literally, brunch is in full force right now. I know, I know. Well, it's it's funny because we both are so different when it comes to our moodiness. Like you, you're moody, but like you're calm, cool, and collected moody. And then there's me who, if anybody comes in my sight, I'm like growling. Yeah, that's a little scary. <laughs> I I got woken up this morning in the worst possible ways, like ways, <laughs> literally ways. I first off. My husband is is a douche canoe, <laughs> and uh, one woke me up by turning on the TV, and it was significantly loud. <laughs> Two, <laughs> my dog decided to jump on my face. He's Three, just trying to love on you, Mama. Yeah, he's a <laughs> like a seventy pound dog, so <laughs> yeah, man, he's a lab dog. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's huge. Um. <laughs> Three, my husband decided to leave the room with said loud TV on um, and go and practically burn down the kitchen. <laughs> just trying to make breakfast. <laughs> four, four, my daughter comes downstairs being loud and like got literally right in my face <laughs> <laughs> to tell me um, that she was awake. And then last but not least, my oldest son, um, I've been trying to teach him to play some songs on the piano and decided that at nine o'clock in the morning, <laughs> it was th- just the perfect time to butcher Hey There Delilah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you're the one that's been showing him this song. I'm just saying, <laughs> he's just trying to practice so he can get better. So I finally just got up and was like, Jesus, I'm up. <laughs> <sighs> oh. So, yeah, it's great. It's a great day. My eyes twitching. <laughs> We're all in, in good, good hands now. <laughs> I mean, I just woke up in a bad mood, but I'm, I'll be good. <laughs> uh, so it's your turn this week. It is my a, turn. A nice, fun little recording where everybody's in a good mood and <laughs> talk about sunshine I'll, and rainbows. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so this week, um, it's actually a case that was requested. Um, we had a, a listener reach out to us and give us this case, which honestly was not on my list yet and I'm shocked that it wasn't because I know this case and it's such a good case yeah um, I know what you're talking about because I was I gonna say I think you already know because I called <laughs> dibs on it yeah you did like right in front of my face it's fine right in front of your face <laughs> um so this one's not gonna be a shock uh it's you probably know the case maybe you don't know all the ins and outs of it but um hoping that you don't know all of it. So I, say, I don't, I actually don't know much about it. So okay, not well, what I can think of off the top of my head. 
I, this one's actually kind of a newer case and it's an unsolved one. So this one's going to be um, pretty neat to do because there's, there's a lot of uh, so-called suspects that aren't claimed as suspects, I guess you could say. Um, we'll get into it and, and, and you'll, at the end of the case or at the end of this um, episode, I want to hear your thoughts on it. So, so I guess it's an unsolved one. So it's going to be fun because um, we can just go ahead and solve it. And <laughs> we can just go ahead and solve it. I mean, it's what I do. No, I'm just, right, yeah, just figure that out real quick. Okay. <laughs> so um, we'll just jump right in. This case is the West Mesa murders. Okay. So for those that don't know this case, um, it's fair. It's not, it's not an old case. Like this was actually between 2001 and 2000, technically 2009 when, when it was discovered. So we'll just start. So we're going to start with a little insight on it between 2001 and 2005. There were 11 women that were murdered and buried by an unknown assailant. Okay. And I say, I say unknown because it still hasn't been proven as to who killed these women. And of course, several people have their own theories. Like I'm, I'm one of these people. So, <laughs> okay. so these women were actually discovered by a woman who just so happened to be walking her dog when she saw a bone sticking out of the ground. I don't know. This was on February 2nd, 2009. Um, police started, uh, of course, police were notified and um, came out and started investigating the area. And they discovered the remains of 11 women and girls and even a fetus that was buried in the area. Oh, no. Yeah. They were between the ages of 15 and 32. And most of these women were of Hispanic ethnicity and were involved with drugs or prostitution. Okay. So one of them, um, and I'm going to butcher a lot of these names. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Um, <laughs> so anybody that wants to correct me can totally correct me. It's not going to hurt my feelings because I would rather not butcher them, but they're some different names. <laughs> okay. Um, so one, Solania Edwards. She was a 15-year-old runaway from Lawton. Oklahoma. So she was the only African-American woman that was found. Um, she was the only victim that was also out of state. Okay. Um, I just want you guys to keep that one in mind. Michelle Valdez was another victim who was found and she was the one that um, was found to be four months pregnant at the time of her death. Okay. That's so sad. Yeah. So out of all the women that were found, they were all Hispanic except for the one. And then there was the one that was pregnant. Okay. So it took the Albuquerque police weeks to uncover all the bodies that were scattered because it was over 92 acres of swath land owned by a home developer. So there was a lot of pool that had to happen because they were looking to start building like another development there. Right. Um, but what actually stopped the build was because there were a lot of like local people that lived in like the surrounding area of this um, swath location and uh, they were complaining of like flood zones. So anytime it rained, it flooded significantly. So it was technically flooding over all of these dead bodies 
And so, yeah. And so the home developer that like owned this land was like, okay, well, we're going to have to like dig out this and dig out this, like going through all the, the different things to um, try to help, you know, prepare the build to not have any issues right. or digging out swells and stuff and trying to get exactly it yeah so lucky for for the home developer he hadn't started actually breaking ground for it and so when um police started investigating this 92 acres of land they found 11 bodies <laughs> so what if what if it hadn't flooded and they just went ahead and built and then I know, that, found these bodies exactly isn't that not sad to think about that's so I thought the same thing. I was like, what if there was no problems and they just started breaking ground? Would they have found the bodies? Because, right? you know, that's not, it's not that it's impossible to find it, but when you're using like those, those, <laughs> that big equipment. Yeah. So, dozers and stuff. You're going to, they're going to dig some stuff up. They're going to dig stuff up, but it's not always found. Right. And that's what I'm saying is like, it could just have been, they could have like damaged crime yeah. scene and never have known. And yeah, it's it's crazy to think that the only thing that stopped it and the only thing that really was part to why they were, you know, located. The reason, like they, located the reason they were able to be discovered is because basically because the land was flooding, so they couldn't go forward with their... Yeah, land. and because a lady walked her dog. <laughs> right, yeah. But um, it also took... It took nearly a year to identify all the people. I bet. The, mm-hmm. So um, it's crazy. The 11th woman that was found was 15-year-old Jamie Barella. Um, she had disappeared in 2004 and she had gone. She was leaving to go to the park with her cousin. And Barella's mother had actually told reporters that um, when she left the house, like her curling iron was still on. It was just a normal day. Um, but her body was last to be identified. Um, her cousin that she went with the park, like went yeah. to the park with was a 27 year old Evelyn Salazar. She was also identified two months prior. Aww. So both of the girls were in that mix. Okay. So, I mean, it's nice to know that these victims, like families, have some type of closure have, like at least know what ha- they have closure it's that their their missing children were found right they could uh-huh. lay them to rest and stuff like that yeah but if only they could get like actual closure and yeah i know that's what's so sad about it so the the most um horrific murder case this was the most horrific murder case that um albuquerque had ever seen so like serial killers you know, they're not uncommon in the U.S. or anything like that, but um, New Mexico's largest city had never dealt with one before, and of course, they were viewing this as a serial killer. Yeah. So, um, police had promised the the families of the victims that solving the murders was their top priority, and that um, it seemed to basically be the case because they were doing everything they could to locate a suspect, but since then, it's kind of dropped off of their radar. So it's just a cold case now. Um, investigators assembled a team of detectives. They even brought in FBI profilers 
and working with law enforcement agencies around the state to try to figure out how the bones of 11 women had wound up in the desert. Right. And, and let's, let's be honest, to be fair, there wasn't much for the cops to go on. I mean, (laughs) there really wasn't, there was 11 bodies scattered out in 92 acres and they had no leads. So do they, have, do they at least have like cause of death for these women? Well, that's like, what I was about to say. Officially, okay. the cause, officially the cause of death for all 11 women was homicidal violence. But okay. the truth was <laughs> medical examiners and even forensic experts couldn't determine how the victims had actually been killed. None of which, them? Which really shocks the fuck out of me. That's exactly right. what I was about to say. Because, I mean, this is... 2009 when they were identified so right there's I mean all of this stuff it'd be different if this was like the 50s the 60s or even even earlier than that or whatever right I mean not being able to identify because because of all the different like our so much has has increased in in like equipment that we can use and technology that we can use and all of this stuff and like every single victim was determined as homicidal violence and they couldn't determine like why that just shocks me that's crazy it also makes me feel like they weren't really trying I I mean I could totally see that like because this is a big it's a huge case. Right. I mean, it's, it's a huge case. So for you to go back and be like, okay, here's the bodies of these 11 people. We can identify who they are, but we can't tell you how they died. That's, That's kind of weird. It, it, it's like they, you had said that they were all kind of involved in like drug activity and prostitution and stuff, yeah, which they is, don't care. Absolutely makes me think that they didn't care. And that's, that's exactly why. why. That's exactly why I believe that too, because you know, I mean, it's just like any any case that involves sex workers or um, drugs or anything that may not be the <laughs> the best lifestyle. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I feel like. Every time in these situations or these types of cases, um, they just don't give it their all because people don't view sex workers as people like they should. Um, They are somebody's daughter. They are somebody's sister or whatever the case may be. They could be a mother. I mean, you just never know, but nobody cares enough because to them, they're not, they're not anybody that they would think needed to be cared about because if they didn't care about their themselves and they made these decisions themselves, then why should we go through and dig into a case that none of these women were technically missed? But to me, I feel like they were missed because all of their families put them in missing persons. Right. When, when did you say that, uh, was it Jamie and Evelyn, the cousins? Yeah. Those two weren't even, um, sex workers. When when were they, when did they disappear? And like when you said they, the bodies were found in 2009? So they were found in 2009 and they disappeared in 2004. So they were gone oh, for wow. five years. Okay. Five years. And the, those two weren't, there was nothing affiliated with um, sex worker activity or well, anything. I, that, um, that makes me wonder, like, 
maybe human trafficking would that have been a possibility like for them to be abducted and because they were like just on their way to the park right yeah and that's what I'm saying is like it's it's just stated that these women were like parts of sex workers and drugs and all that but but back I mean we're talking Mexico right now right and I'm not downing Mexico by all means or anything but you know crime rate around there and New, crime New, right New Mexico? two different types of crimes huh New Mexico right didn't you say Albuquerque it's New Mexico yeah we're talking New Mexico I was like that's not the same as like Mexico <laughs> no, no, no. sorry I was like <laughs> um <laughs> let me clarify that <laughs> we're talking we're talking I mean it's just one of those things like sex trafficking like we've stated in in several other episodes um it's it's always been around. <laughs> it's always been around, but since social media has blown up the way that it has, more people are aware and more people are scared of it now than they were then. Right. Uh, which granted, social media was definitely around in 2009 and everything. So I'm not saying that, but it's blown up a lot more now. Right. Right. I mean, people but, are definitely more aware since there's more, but personally, one of the theories I have is absolutely I absolutely think some of these people were sex trafficked and they were killed and they were, they were all, all these bodies were just thrown in this place and buried. And it's nuts to me that there was no witnesses because of where it was at. Yeah. So, um, during this long and ongoing investigation, the police actually pulled satellite imagery that was taken between 2003 and 2005 showing tire marks and patches of disturbed soil in the area where the remains were recovered. So there's literally satellite (laughs) imagery where like they were able to pull this up and they're like, oh, wow, do you see this? (laughs) So again, like you've got, they've got some sort of evidence right there, but there's not enough for them to locate anybody from it. That's crazy to me that they have satellite of like tire tracks, but they don't have any of like anyone being buried out there or anything like that I know because I'm sure they were all like buried you know it's so crazy they weren't buried I wouldn't think that they were all buried like together like like at the same time like it's through years and years years apart right so that's crazy that none of those were caught well and it's crazy that you say that because there was actually and I've got to remember the name of it um there was a murderer that was caught on satellite imagery, like years and years and years ago, um, dumping a body in uh, a lake. I feel like I kind of remember something about that, but yeah. Yes, they were, it was, that's how he was found. (laughs) So it's crazy to know that you can like legit find all this this type of stuff. So um, at least they pulled that. So there's that. (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they did that. On December 9th, 2010, Albuquerque police released six photos of seven other unidentified women who may also be linked to West Mesa. But so here's seven other on top of the 11? Yes. Okay. So here, here's the kicker though. Um, police would not say how or where they got the photos. What? So does that not sound a little fishy to you? Like why though? Yeah. What's exactly. the point of not... Okay. Mm-hmm. So some of the women appear to have been unconscious. 
and many share the same physical characters as the original 11 victims. But then, <laughs> I know, I know. Did but then the va- characteristics. I did I say that? <laughs> no, you said characters. The same physical characters. Now I'm just um, over here like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, I don't think you do. <laughs> it's still early for me. <laughs> I'm just trying to read. Wow. <laughs> trying to read notes. <laughs> it's too early for reading. It literally says in my notes, I'm like looking at it and it literally says characteristics. <laughs> oh, I should hope so. That would make sense. <laughs> Any- <Wow>. Anywho. <laughs> So the very next day, I'm sorry. I'm just like, yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) Okay. The very next day, the police released um, an additional photograph of another woman. Where are they getting all these random photographs from? I know. I know. But this woman, so that's eight photographs, right? So this woman, though, was identified by family members who, who reported that she had died of natural causes several years earlier. So she wasn't a victim. So like, how, first what? off, how did they get this photograph? Second off, they released this photograph without talking to like family members or anything. Oh no, and you like, do that. And this fam- and their family members are like calling them and they're like, no, bruh, she died of this. Right. And I don't know how you got this. So who are they getting these photographs from? What the actual hell? Oh, I'm not even done. That's that's weird. <laughs> so on at first on I was December like, well, 13th. maybe somebody's like mailing them pictures. But no, not so, if they're yeah, but that but they would never they never stated how they were getting them. Okay. So on December 13th, a couple days later, police reported that two of the women in the photos that they had released on the 9th had been identified as alive. What? And could have, yeah, and could have valuable information if they can be located, but nothing more was said after that, whether they located them or not. Wait, so, so they released, they released eight photos total, right? One right. of them, a family member reached out and was like, um, no, bruh, she died of this. I don't even know how you got this. Right. Two were identified as alive don't know how they were identified as alive unless somebody called them and were like, uh, I don't know how you got these photos, but that's my daughter. She's alive. Right. She's sitting in front of me. So now you got five, five pictures out there of, um, like unconscious women. Like, I don't understand that the police won't tell you how they got them. Like, why would they release that? And not like, why are they just like release these pictures? I'm so confuzzled. Okay. Why would they release pictures without going and looking into it? Like at all, <laughs> like looking into it at all. Exactly. <laughs> like you've got, so well, then, not one job, but that's part of your job. <laughs> <laughs> right. So then in June, 2018, so just a couple of years ago, um, more bones were found near the sites of the burials. But these were later determined to be ancient and not related to the West Mesa murders. But how do you know that? Right. How do you know they're ancient? And if they were ancient, why didn't they find them the first time they checked the Uh, area? Right? (laughs) Like, you would have thought that they thoroughly searched that place the first time. (laughs) So many theories. So many theories. (laughs) And also, if they weren't ancient and they were put there after they searched the first time wouldn't you think that they would have 
some kind of like monitoring in that area because like hey we haven't caught this dude maybe he's going to come back and that girl put more body you're speaking my language like i've asked all of these same questions I'm i mean like, i guess this, he probably wouldn't come back up. because it's on the news and stuff but still <laughs> like it doesn't it doesn't add up okay um i feel like i'm gonna I'll go in and tell you part of what I feel. I feel like, um, I mean, you know, there's a lot of uh, gang activity that goes on in um, New Mexico. I mean, there's there's a lot of gang activity that goes on in like New York and other areas. A lot I've got, of big cities. Shoot, yeah. Wichita, Kansas, like <laughs> all of these different places that have gang activity. I, I feel like in this particular case, it there was gang activity that was affiliated with this and mm -hmm. police had to have had some type of um I don't how do I want to put this some of the police maybe not all of the police that were on this case um either were part of said gang or affiliated with said gang or right something as to why they none of this is adding up I mean, that makes sense. I get, I mean, th you're thinking a few dirty cops in there. Basically. I think there's a few dirty cops in there. <clears throat> so, um, police suspected that the bodies were all buried by the same person or persons and maybe the work of a serial killer, which in right. turn came to the name, the West Mesa bone collector. Okay. So now they've released a serial killer name out there to the world. Of course, it's, it's like the Zodiac, right? Where they release this name and they're not found. So, or not technically, I don't want to put this, not technically confirmed. <laughs> like they don't have any suspects. They've got this name out here, but they've yeah. got no leads. I mean, we'll get, we'll get to that. That's when you get all so the people calling the in saying, like, like with the Zodiac, all yeah. people calling in saying, my dad is the Zodiac killer. Do you know how many people called and said their dad yeah. was the Zodiac killer? <laughs> <laughs> like for real a lot <laughs> I don't know why these dads be pissing these people off but <laughs> he didn't let me eat my cereal <laughs> like, he is the zodiac killer I'm he's sure the, of it. he's gotta be the zodiac <laughs> right so in two, in 2010 a reward of up to a hundred thousand dollars was being offered for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the person or persons responsible of these killings. And over time, a number of men started providing police attention, but they were still not named as like full suspects in connection with the murders, but police started investigating them. So one of these men was Fred Reynolds. Um, okay. He was a pimp. He knew one of the missing women and reportedly had photos of missing sex workers, but he died of natural causes in January, 2009, which was before the bones were even found. Okay. And also just because he has photos of missing sex workers doesn't mean he was a killer because these sex workers probably worked for him and he just had photos of them. Right. So to me, I didn't think he was really a valuable suspect either. Um, the next one was, uh, Lorenzo Montoya. Now this guy is a little fishy to me. 
Montoya makes me think of the princess. Though. Sorry, I'm sitting in Aiden's room, like I like I have been. For, I was like, and was the a, door just big bang. Are you good? It it is. It was my cat. Oh, <laughs> my cat's geez. trying to get in here because, well, and I say my cat. It's actually like Aiden's cat because he like practically lives in this room, and I have the door closed. And cat's so like, get like, out of my room. And, he, <laughs> and he's and it, it's my big cat. It's Snowball. It's Snowball, the big yeah. one. He's like this 35 pound cat that's like, he really is giant, shoving his body up against the door, and it sounds like a purse. He's <laughs> like, Get out of my room, woman. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however, you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So back into Lorenzo Montoya. Princess Bride. So he lived the Princess Bride. <laughs> he lived less than three miles from the burial site. And in 2006, there were reported dirt trails leading from his trailer park to the site. Okay. Well, in December 2000, yeah. Well, in December 2006, Montoya strangled a teenager at his trailer and then was shot to death by the teen's boyfriend. But it also appeared that the, that was 2006. Yeah, so he's dead. But it also appeared that the killer. It also appeared that the killings had stopped after his death. How do so they like, know that? They don't even know the cause all of death. Of the, <laughs> like, well, I was to say, so all of the bones that were like located from right. the burial, they um, they were able to identify whose bodies they belonged to. I never once read or was able to find anything that stated that they identified when they were killed because right. they couldn't decipher. So how? Can they say, I mean, this was literally everywhere. This is what the police released, okay? Police released that it appeared the killing stopped after his death. They were literally drawing for straws here, right? right? Yeah. So this, Lorenzo became one of their prime suspects that they used um, because did it the, just- did, so- the, um, did the girl he strangled die or was she okay? That the boyfriend shot him? You know what? I don't know. Oh, okay. I was just wondering. <laughs> That I don't know. I just said he strangled a teenager and that he was shot to death. The the names were never released for me to find. I couldn't find him. I mean, every article that I read and some, I even watched some documentaries on this too. Um, In August, 2010, police searched several properties in Joplin, Missouri, um, which if you remember, one of the victims was a runaway from Oklahoma, which is mm-hmm. not far from Missouri. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so in August, 2010, police searched several properties in Joplin, Missouri, which was associated with local photographer and businessman, Ron Irwin. Well, they put him in connection with the West Mesa, West Mesa cases um, because they confiscated tens of thousands of photos from this man. He was also reported that he used to visit the state fair in Albuquerque, which to me, that's fine and dandy, but 
a lot of people went and visited the state. Fair. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of a big deal. So they hired, um, like later that year, they had hired George Walker, a private investigator. And he started receiving like cryptic, taunting phone calls and emails from someone claiming to have information about the killer. But the leads still didn't pan out and they never were able to figure out who was calling him. And then over the years, other names had been popped up into the investigation, mostly those of like local pimps, uh, wife beaters. Um, some were in debt or some were dead and some were in jail, but nothing stuck. And he actually stated, like George Walker, the investigator stated that there's a possibility the killer had come and gone because serial killers move and that's why they don't get caught. Mm -hmm. um, and then in an interview shortly after his investigation on Ron Irwin, he stated, if he didn't get caught, I'm sure there are more victims somewhere. He could possibly be on the loose in New Mexico or another state. He could be loose anywhere. <laughs> So basically, he's just out there. <laughs> New Mexico or well, another state. Yeah, I know. Well, cool. <laughs> Thanks, George. You're a great <laughs> private investigator. <laughs> also, somebody keeps calling and we don't know how to trace phone calls because we're really good at <laughs> private investigating. It's <laughs> Right. <laughs> so um, he's a he's great guy. <laughs> in, in December 2010, same year, convicted Colorado serial killer Scott Lee Kimball had stated that he was being investigated for the West Mesa murders, but he denied killing the women. And he continues to serve his sentence for the crimes he actually did get caught doing. Oh, okay. <laughs> but like, there's so many options, guys. Right? It's like, I didn't do that crime. I just did these crimes. So I just did the crime off. that I'm already in prison for. <laughs> right. Thanks. Um, <laughs> and then a few years later in 2014, a breakthrough on another case, in fact, it was actually decades old, had um, caused Albu Albuquerque police to become interested in a Joseph Blee as a suspect for the murders. So Blee had been dubbed the mid-school rapist for his activities in the 1980s. And police say he would often break into the homes of like 13 to 15 year old girls who lived near McKinley Middle School okay. in Albuquerque and rape them. And then in one case, there was a DNA sample, but the rape test kit was like not retested until 2010, which is how it linked bleed to that rape. So in 2015, Lee was also suspected by the police of killing a sex worker and his DNA sample was located on the inner waistband and belt of the sex worker who was found dead and okay. um, it was on Central Avenue which was a huge street for sex work in the eastern part of that city which just so happened to be close to the burial site and in addition to this a tree tag from a nursery was found in an area where the West Mesa victims bodies were buried and it was tracked to a nursery Blee had gone to several times, which is weird. Why did he go to a nursery? Um, I think it's I didn't those, see anything um, as to why. But however, get some of those um, Japanese maple trees, you know. Yes. However, nothing more was found to have come of that. And Blee in the mid-school rape case was sentenced to 36 years in June 2015. 
at 58 years old. So he had no conviction to the Mesa case. So again, there's like all of these different people and they just keep coming back down to dead ends, which leads me to believe that there's gotta be, I mean, again, this is my theory. There's gotta be some dirty cops. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's not unknown to have dirty cops in areas. I mean, everybody's got them somewhere, right? Right. Especially in big, big, bigger cities where there's like gang activity and stuff like that. I personally think that these dirty cops were affiliated into something like sex trafficking. And these women were taken. They were killed. And then they had to get rid of the body. So they put them down in this 95 acre or 92 acre um, land that nobody had built on, nobody had done anything with. They thought it was safe to just bury them in the desert because it was part of a desert. Right. And and I feel like some of the police that were involved in this said case made sure that there was no evidence that could be located or found person i mean it doesn't sound off especially with the lack of like because everything there's just, so many, there's just so many holes in this case because i mean our equipment and you know technology everything that we've got going on now and had going on then even right <laughs> i mean 2009 wasn't too long ago i mean yeah, we've come far from, from then, but I mean, even then they came far from right decades from like prior. 10 years before that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I, I personally think that there was, there was holes because they wanted there, there to be holes. Yeah. Cause there's way too many holes. There's way too much. There's way too many holes. How do you, first off, <laughs> it just, it, it's so crazy. One, you can identify the bodies, but you can't identify how they were killed. So you got you got DNA somehow to identify the bodies. But you couldn't figure out how they were killed. So like, then, I, mean, I understand that it's bones. And sometimes for like cause it like say if it was like strangulation, that would be like on the outside of the neck, on the inside of the neck, like all the stuff would be crushed in there but I guess I don't know I'm saying there's no there's um, bone so there's no like bones. if they hit the bone you know I'm saying if there's not skin left there's not like I don't know well no I mean if they were strangled their esophagus would be right even that bone like right there would have been like you can tell it's crushed right um Along with, uh, if they were stabbed or murdered with a, a blunt object, there's there's marks on your bones. Right, yeah. Um, like, there's all of these different things. They could have, I mean, all they stated, and that that's what gets me, is all they had stated as to what they believed was cause of death was homicidal violence. If it's, how do you know it's violent? Exactly, yeah, that's what I was going to say. How, how do you, you know, know it's, it's violent? violent? no violent markings to even let you know how they die so you got that going on you've got the release of um pictures that came out of nowhere that they can't tell you where they came from and they didn't even investigate all said pictures so they're just sending like 
the unconscious girl. So here's my thing. If they're unconscious, two of them were found to be alive, supposedly, but that was never identified. Who oh, so, were these two girls? Right. And why How were they, do you know they're alive? Why were they unconscious in these pictures? And maybe you should follow up on that. That's what I'm saying. Okay. How, <laughs> like, do you, how do you know they're alive? Um, bruh, <laughs> unless you were involved. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> so, um, I, I, that's my theory. I mean, I would love to hear our listeners theories on this. Yeah. Um, I personally think that they were just drawing for straws on all the so-called wannabe suspects that they pulled out there. Fred Reynolds, Lorenzo. Right. It, I mean, it seemed like they were just like, oh, we need to have someone to blame this on. So, yeah, I mean, they did their best to try to, to try to narrow it down so that they could be like, oh, well, here's the, here's the serial killer. Here he is. But they couldn't because they had nothing to go on with it because I think they were involved. So right. <laughs> the victims, um, I will, huh? You're like, I'm just going to say it. They were involved. <laughs> I was, they were involved. Um, so the victims, I do want to go ahead and give their names and their ages. And that's another thing here. Let me go back to that. The whole Blee thing, when they're stating that, um, that Joseph Blee guy, okay, he was a rapist to 13 to 15 year old people. Okay. But there was only two 15 year olds in this, in this victims list. The rest were in their twenties and thirties. Right. I mean, he could have so, changed his MO, but that doesn't uh, happen very that often. That would be unlikely considering he had done it for many years. And he right. was in prison. He right. was in, like, he, I'm pretty sure, yeah. It's he, not very often that, like, rapists and stuff like that change their MOs. No. Okay. So the victims, um, we'll just go down the list. Jamie Barella, she was one of the 15-year-olds we talked about. Um, she was the one that went with her cousin to the park. Hi, Snowball. Yeah, you hear him? I did. He's literally outside the door. <laughs> like, let me in, woman. <laughs> I know. He can wait. Um, so yeah, Jamie Barella, 15. Monica Candelaria? Again, if I butcher the names, I'm so sorry. Uh, she was 22. Vic Victoria Chavez, she was 26. Virginia Cloven, she was 24. Solanya Edwards was the other 15-year-old. She was the one that was um, out of state. Okay. And she was the only African-American. Okay. Cin Cinnamon Elks, she was 32. Doreen Marquez or Marquez. Marquez, yeah. <laughs> Marquez, sorry. <laughs> makes, me of, <laughs> it makes me think of A.A. Ron. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Sorry. Doreen Marquez, she was 24. Julie Nito, she was 24. Veronica Romero, she was 28. Evelyn Salazar was 27. That was the cousin that went with Jamie. Jamie, uh-huh. And then Michelle Valdez was 22. There are the 11 victims that were located and found in the West Mesa murders. I feel really bad. I will, I will uh, share pictures of these victims as well on our Instagram, along with a couple other photos. Oh, like just 
not okay with the random other pictures that they got and like I know that's what I'm saying man <laughs> that's what I'm saying again like, I I love to hear all of the different theories like I know some of them probably are like oh no um it had to have been Lorenzo because he was one of the top suspects that they were trying to use right yeah or Oh, it had to have been that Ron Irwin guy that had tens of thousands of photos. Okay, but he was a photographer. <laughs> I've got um, I've got tens of thousands of photos, not of random women. <laughs> right. But, right. Yeah. But, that's true. Uh, I mean, he was a photographer, so who's to say which he had tens of thousands of photos that they found, but they never said that these tens of thousands of photos were like unconscious women. <laughs> unconscious women or any indiscretions or anything he probably was a photographer that took modeling type pictures that's right it's something that happens I mean I've had several people call like reach out to me and ask me to take headshots for them yeah it's not unknown I promise <laughs> wow well, um I mean I I have my theory and my theory stands exactly what I stated. I think we had some dirty cops. I think there was some gang activity. I think there was some sex trafficking involved. And I believe that the cops um, were part of this and yeah. they did everything they could to keep their eyes off of the one affiliated with these women being taken. I also, I love how they stated that they were sex workers and drug, like involved with drugs or prostitution or whatever. So we've got two of them that were just cousins going to the park. We got the runaway 15 year old that was not affiliated with sex worker or anything. So how do you know she was affiliated with drugs because she ran away? Right. I mean, so, I mean, how can you identify these women as sex workers and women that are involved with like drugs or paraphernalia or anything at all if you don't know you just you don't know you're just throwing stuff out there I mean some of them are are probably absolutely sex workers because that Fred Reynolds pimp guy had some photos of some missing <laughs> that Fred Reynolds pimp, pimp guy that that pimp guy yeah wow that's interesting it's so crazy I don't think we're gonna yeah. solve it right this second what's, what's your what's your like I, I was, I was ready to solve this case and I don't think we're going to do it, it right now. Solved. <laughs> now, who were the cops that were on this case? Oh my God. <laughs> wow. What's your theory? I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards that. Like I'm, I'm really leaning towards sex trafficking. Um, some kind of like something like that for sure, because for just these women just to be disappearing and all being kind of dumped mm -hmm. in the same area and stuff like that like and I'm really definitely leaning towards some sort of police involvement because just there was just so much investigating that was not done it seems like so much like so much craziness all right well uh -oh. what is that I hear a child crying oh no <laughs> Is that our is that our cue to sign it sign it off today? It's our cue to sign it off, guys. It's our cue. So I'll I'll upload the pictures to the Instagram Instagram account. Um, 
go and follow us if you haven't. It's Serialholic Sisters underscore podcast. Uh, we are also working, it's going to be a while, but we're working on getting a website updated for you to keep track of our episodes that we release and photos if you guys don't have, like, not everybody has an Instagram. So you'll be able to go and view all of the photos that we've put out there on our Instagram. I mean, I feel like um, most everybody's got Instagram. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you'd be surprised. I mean, you can say the same um, thing about Twitter and we don't do that. So <laughs> I know we don't do Twitter. I have a Twitter account and I don't remember even my sign in or anything because yeah. I don't use it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we are, we are working on a website. It's going to take some time. Um, but once we release it, we will let everybody know. Yes. All right. But yeah, follow us on the stuff. Follow us on the stuff. Send us the messages. Request cases. Yes. Tell us it. your theories on this. Hey, I want to hear. I was going to say, I want to hear from our listeners uh, what their theories are on this one, too. So yeah. if send you us got a Gmail, send shoot a Gmail. it over to us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, let's awkwardly say bye. <laughs> okay. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>